Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. So can your daughter grow up and yet not grow apart from you, her mother, or maybe her dad? We'll find out because today we have a special guest as we head towards Mother's Day who I think would say yes to that question. And so to celebrate this holiday, we have Colleen O'Grady on the line, who's a licensed professional counselor, life coach, trainer, speaker, author, and she has a new book out called Dial Up the Dream, Make Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for You and Her. So to give us some insight on this valuable relationship, we'd like to welcome Colleen to the show. Colleen, thanks for coming on today. I'm so glad to be here. Well, glad to have you. And so first thing, I kind of teased maybe the beginning, and I hope I'm not overstepping, but yep. can men gain from this book too? Of course. Okay. I mean, having uh, read as much as I could in the last day, yeah, I have to say, yes, it was very, very helpful to me. Yeah. And great gift going into Mother's Day. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so let's dive into it. As, as you're heading down this, you've got a daughter who's in the senior year or just out of the senior year? Well, my daughter's 27. Oh, she's 27. Okay. I didn't know from reading it if it was current or if you were talking about when everything was happening. I... Uh, for some reason, I think God has made me eat, live every single word of my two books. So <laughs> my, my first book was called Dial Down the Drama, uh-huh. Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter. And I wrote that from her. She was like 15 to 19. Okay. And then Dial Up the Dream, I basically was writing kind of through her emerging young adult years. So gotcha. I lived both of these books. Wow. So as God put this on your heart, yes. what all was he showing you? How did it lead to you putting all this together? Um, oh, that's a great question. <clears throat> well, it just seemed obvious. So this book, Dial Up the Dream, starts kind of junior, senior year in high school, up through the mid-20s. And why I wrote the book was if the brain is not fully developed until 25, uh-huh. and what do parents do? Yes, what do they do? And as you know, you've lived through these years. Yes. Things go from us managing them, and then we say, go with your immature brain to wherever you want to go, and <laughs> learn how to manage yourself. And so I've been a therapist for 30 years. I was in full-time youth ministry for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I've seen this transition many, many, many times. Wow, yes. And then I lived it for myself, and I just thought, you know, these are really, really confusing years for parents. Mm -hmm. It's hard to let them go, and part of that is because it hurts our heart, but another part why it's hard to let go is because we see their immaturity. Yes. I used to say, like, if you're sending a kid to camp, you have your little checklist of two pairs of shorts, socks, and you can check all the boxes. Uh -huh. You're sending a teen to college or wherever, you can't check off all the boxes. Hmm. No. So how do we prepare? 
I think God put that on my heart to write that book for these confusing years so that parents would feel like, okay, these feelings I'm, I'm having is normal. And then I feel like at the heart of the gospel is relationship. Oh, definitely. That is, that is where it all is. And so think about this is how confusing this is for parents. Cause I think a lot of times you're saying, well, you know, they're, you're, your 18-year-old is a legal adult, and now you just have to let go. Just let go. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super confusing about what does that even mean to let go. I feel like, as you know, and you've lived it, and we know this up close and personal, is these emerging young adults still need a very, very close relationship with us, but it's just different. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wrote the book is how can you stay close? Because there's a lot of traps for mm, sure. Yes. For parents. Which was going to lead to my next question. but <laughs> Okay. <laughs> which, which my next question was, how do you be that parent without falling for, you know, you may have a kid who seems like they don't want you around. Yeah. How do you become a mom to that child without turning them off, but yet being a mom? Yeah. Yeah. What you are letting go of Mm -hmm. is being the 24 seven monitor. So that's what the kids don't want. That's what these young adults don't want. So if your relationship and a lot of the high school years is when I say monitor, I mean a manager. So that's like, okay, you need to get off your phone. You need to get your work done. You need to get up. You need to go to work. All that managing that we do. So really, if you retire the monitor, you just have relationship, you're going to be open to that. They're just not open to being judged and controlled and criticized. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's one of us. (laughs) That's great. Is they move from the management into more self-management. What are some of the things that you suggest for people to do to make it so that they have that transition to self-managing and understanding how to do that the best that they can do? Great question. So hopefully it starts in high school or even before. And there are some things that actually can start when they're three or four, like they, they start to pick out their clothes. So it's, we're continuing letting them have a little more independence over some areas of their life. Hopefully by junior, senior year, they're able to manage some parts of their life. But if they're really, what I would say, like on a choke chain and really controlled, yeah, that's where I've seen the real problems. I remember I was a assistant head resident for a 400 freshman girl in a dorm for three years. Yeah. And this is at University of Arkansas. And there were a lot of little towns that, you know, there's no alcohol in these little towns. And a, a lot of these kids were, and I, I don't mean this in critical ways, but they on kind of choke chains. Okay. And so what I would see, these kids would just go crazy their freshmen <laughs> year in the dorms. And because they didn't learn how to manage peer pressure, drinking, all of that. So they just 
they tended to be the ones who passed out in the frat houses. Yeah. So I think having your kids make some mistakes while they're under your roof is kind of the best way to go because then you can speak into their life and give them some guidance. But like I said before, we're not going to have perfect teens leave our house. And, right. and that's been for decades and decades and decades. But if you have a connection with them, and some people say, well, we're not supposed to be best friends with our kids. But I, I like to say, well, you don't want to be an enemy either. So true. And so you want to have positive experiences during those high school years, especially even the senior year. And that, that really means being intentional of being the monitor and just being present to your teen and just enjoy them. What uh, do you find is the best way to build that relationship so that they know you're there for their best? Okay. So I interviewed a lot of moms, you know, who, who had kids in college. And I said, what would you have done differently Mm -hmm. for those senior year? And they'd say, I, I could sum it up. And actually one woman said this is I would spend more time connecting and less time correcting. So I think what happens is what I hear a lot in my therapy is that these teens or young college students feel like my parents don't care about me. They only care if I'm perfect, if I make good grades. Yeah. So it's like loving your kids, smiling at your kids. I mean, it could be as simple as you smile at your kids and enjoy their stories and Mm -hmm watch the dumb video that they want to share with you or the music they want to share with you. And if you can enter their world and enjoy that, you Mm -hmm. build trust. Can I go ahead and have you tell us one of the stories from your book where you and your daughter go to the concert? Yes. Because I think that's a perfect example of where we find ourselves in as parents, tired, worn out. (laughs) No. Yes. Oh, one more thing. But God calls us to step outside of ourselves and do what's best for somebody else. Tell us about the situation with you and your daughter and that built a relationship deeper. Oh, yes. I think you're talking about the Josh Groban concert. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think every parent, especially moms, can relate to this. So I was you know, seeing some therapy clients and I was coming home late and all I wanted to do was change my clothes and have a little minute to myself. <laughs> daughter said, mom, come here. <laughs> and so you're like, oh. you know, I mean, cause that's not what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I did. And I sat on the floor and she had her laptop open and she said, look at this. You know, I like Josh Groban. And so I watched this video of him singing to this woman in the audience. And I said, oh my gosh, that's on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I walked in, I thought, okay, I spent time with her. I can move on. And then she goes, mom, come here. <laughs> and I went there and she goes, he's going to be in Houston in two weeks. And I live in Houston. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I know, but that's a, a work night. Mom, but it's on your bucket list. <laughs> And then I looked at her face and I thought, my daughter, who's a senior in high school, is inviting me to a Mm -hmm. concert that I would want to go to, Mm -hmm. thinking. And so I said, sure, let's do it. And then she said, there's some tickets on the second row. (laughs) And I'm the kind of person that would buy 
a ticket on the last row. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, let's just go for it. I said, sure, let's do it. <laughs> so we go, and it was just an out-of-body experience because my daughter's a normal daughter, and she was mm -hmm. busy and never had time for me. But we go to this concert, and she said, Mom, let's get a picture in front of the stage. I'm like, my daughter wants to get a picture with me? Yeah. <laughs> concert in front of the stage? So we did that. And it was so happy. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm watching this concert, and it was really fun to be that close, I was smiling ear to ear. And my daughter just kept looking at my face and grinning. Aww. At the end of the concert, she said, aren't you glad that you went? And aren't you glad you didn't miss it? Yes. And I said, oh, my gosh, yes. And I, you know, I was joking with her, like Josh was smiling at me. And she goes, well, um, the bass player was sending me his phone number. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> That's but we walked back to the car and we had this feeling of connection and closeness. It was so amazing. Mm. And I turned on the car and then she opened her phone up and it was just like, I had this moment. So she was plugged back into her adolescent world. Mm -hmm. Right. I just thought I didn't miss it. No, I didn't miss it. And that's, what I want for parents of junior, senior year, and even the college years, you don't want to miss these experiences. Boy, if they invite you in like that, take advantage of it. Yes, yes. Boy, and that, I think from that movie, uh, it, it was a Kodak moment, and yeah. she'll have that picture forever. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Let me flip it to the other side of somebody who maybe is not sure what's going on. Are there signs, you talk about awareness in your book, are there signs that somebody needs to recognize that, uh-oh, I'm maybe not involved like I should be, mm -hmm. need to get in there, or are there, are there some signs you could give us? Oh yeah, well, when they're in your house, it's very obvious because they go in their room and shut the door and never let you in. There's mm -hmm. a little shutting the door on you, or you ask them questions and they go, yeah, sure. Mm, one word answers. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's forced conversations. Yeah. But when they go to college, they just don't return your calls. They don't return your texts. There's a lot of space. Then parents will have to threaten. And that doesn't build connection. You know, you want me to pay for your college tuition, you better call me back. Yeah. So what does a parent do at that point to try and regain some kind of trust or relationship? Good. Well, when I speak to moms, I use this illustration and I said, imagine if I invite and I pick some woman in the audience. I said, you and I go to lunch. Mm -hmm. I say to you during lunch, why are you wearing your hair that way? That's way too much lipstick. That's not the right color. Do you really need that dessert? And I say to them, you know, parents, I said, would you ever want to go to lunch with that person again? Right? No. No. And I said, but we do this to our kids and we expect them to say thank you. Mm -hmm. So if you eliminate that critical part where you think <laughs> you're actually helping them, but see the connection that they have to know you like them, that you enjoy them before they're going to have any input from you. So I would say, let's say if your kids are in college, I think you start with if you have a pet a dog, a cat, you send just kind of playful pictures. 
you know, because they, they miss their animals. So you send them a picture of a dog. Or if they really like a certain yogurt place, you take a picture of that and said, I, you know, I was thinking about you. <laughs> so it can be lighthearted if it's a funny meme. My daughter can be super busy, but if I can send her a little funny meme that she'll, you know, she'll laugh. Now, she may not comment on it, but she'll, mm-hmm. it's a little touch point where I've, even that little thing is building a positive experience. Right. And even those tiniest little positive experiences changes, I'm going to avoid you because you're going to tell me that my hair looks ugly. Mm-hmm. To, we have this little touch point. And so it builds trust between you and your kid. Now, if they're in your home, you seize those five minutes in the kitchen. And instead of saying, is your room clean? You say, ask an open-ended question. And um, yeah, so how was basketball practice? Mm -hmm. If you have a son, you know, you've made cookies and feed him. (laughs) Right, right. If you have a daughter, it's just, and then um, you take advantage of those five minutes. And if you have the 35 things in your head that you want to tell them what to do, you literally have a timer in your head. For these 15, 20 minutes, I'm not going to bring up anything. I'm just going to be present. I think that's a great advice, just being present. Yeah. So so important. Are, are there words that you would say are, are words that you want to stay away from and ones that are positive and can help? Yeah. I mean, so many things to say about that. But yeah, one of the things and I write a lot about that in my first book, Dial Down the Drama, is when you or your teen are emotionally flooded or if there's been something that just happened that made you mad, they came home after curfew, you don't want to try to have a conversation at that point. You want to just say, hey, we'll talk about it tomorrow. You need to take a break to calm down and they need to take a break and calm down. Because if you, in the moment when you're really angry, then words can fly out of your mouth that are really not kind, Mm. sometimes threatening. We think if we threaten them and label them that then they'll have positive behavior, (laughs) but it just damages the relationship. Yeah. So when you calm down, and if you're having a difficult conversation with your kid, you want to have a lot of space to be very, very strategic. John Gottman is a marital therapist and he talks about the harsh startup and the soft startup. The (laughs) harsh startups is when you're really angry and you're like, what the blank, why did you do this? Really harsh. The soft startup is you feel that. As a Christian, we we should be developing self-control, be a virtue. That should be a something that we strive for. But to do that, we have to sometimes just, we might have to go run around the block. We have to go to the store. We might have to talk to you know, the spouse and bring down our intensity and really think about it strategically. Because if something is worrying us, we've got to dial down the worry. We have to dial down the anger. Because if something is worrying about us, It's not about punishment because that's not instructive. But what we want to think about is what do we need to say? What consequence do we need to give Mm. that 
will really teach them the skills that they need to be a healthy adult. I know uh, one friend who's a counselor told me always tie the consequence to what happened. Yeah. Is that good advice? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. First of all, you want to get really clear about the intention. So if someone is being really, let's say they lose their temper, they've been arguing with you for 30 minutes, they won't stop, they're slamming doors. You have to think about, okay, what do they need to learn to be a healthy adult? First of all, they need to learn how to make amends. (laughs) They have an apology. So you want to teach them how to have a good apology. And I have this in my books and you want them to take responsibility for their actions. Yeah. You want them to, if they broke a window, that they have to do chores around the house to be able to pay for the, the window. If they wasted 40 minutes of your time, you talk about, you know, I have a lot of things to do and I just lost 40 minutes. So you can, you know, rake the leaves in the backyard for 40 minutes. You can clean the bathroom for 40 minutes and you need to help me out because I need some help. (laughs) So you want to, so a lot of times I think consequences, because we're angry, we just say things, you know, you're not driving or you're not having a phone, but we're not being strategic because some things we say aren't actually helping us. So you need space to calm down and be strategic, bounce that off of the father or the mother so that you have this plan So a lot of times we're angry, we take things personally and we vent. And vent, venting is like a machine gun going all over the place and the kid has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you want to get really calm and so then you, your happy place is you know the consequence and it's going to benefit you and you Mm -hmm. can, so if you wait a day, the teens feel like, you know, you forgot about it because you're in a good mood. You don't have to be in a bad mood when you give a consequence. Right. So you can say, hey, um, you know, you seem pretty angry yesterday, and you want to tell me what's going on. And so, you know, you might have a learning conversation about that. That's another important part. But then you could say, yeah, well, here's the deal. I'm not going to ground you for the next month, which I normally say that, but here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need you to write me a heartfelt apology. You wasted 40 minutes of my time. And so you need to make that up. Here are three things that you could do to make that up. You need to choose one of them and you need to do some chores or give me some of the money you've made to pay for the window. I've been laughing because it reminded me of when I was, (laughs) uh, I think 17 or 80, I don't remember. And I blew up my parents' pool with uh, (laughs) M80s. (laughs) and uh you know my stepfather handled it very well he basically just said he wasn't mad angry or anything just said you're you're gonna have to repair the pool figure out how to do it i can instruct you but you've got to fix it you've got to paint it and you've got to pay for the water to fill it back up (laughs) and i bet you learned a a really important lesson learned a really big lesson (laughs) yeah so good consequences are something that they don't ever forget, but it doesn't damage the relationship between you and your kid. No, that was really good because when it happened, they weren't there. And uh, my brother was with them at another party. I called my brother up over there, said, no, what do I do? (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
So before we go, anything else you want to tell people either about your book or, or things that where they can get it, things they can, that'll help them that's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say if you want a better relationship with your teen or preteen or young adult, I've got the books for you. Dial down the drama, which is hopeful up to your junior year. And then I've got this dial up the dream. So the, it's the dial up the dream really is that there's a, a book that moms kind of remember. Maybe you remember this, but what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah. So this is what to expect when your teen leaves home and how to prepare for that. Cause there are going to, it's not going to be perfect. There are going to be setbacks. Yeah. There's going to be, it just won't go smoothly. And so mm-hmm. how do you navigate through all of that. How do you have some of the hard conversations and how do you turn those into healing conversations? So sometimes your teens, you know, are not managing their life seamlessly. Sometimes things that they struggle with in high school, they start to struggle with in college. It's all okay. Part of what you want to do is you want to see success as holistic. It's not just that they make good grades. It's that they have healthy relationships, that they're happy, they're joyful, that they have a good well-being, that you have good relationships with them, that they they know how to enjoy life, that they have a healthy spirituality and faith. So you want to hold the big picture of success, knowing that, you know, they're going to make mistakes. But if you think about, you know, that our little toddlers, we expected them to fall, you know, yell at them when they fell and felt like, you know, their lives were over, never be successful. We would just cheer them on when they got back up. Right. And that's the same as our kids start to walk into adulthood. They're going to fall, but we want to cheer them on. Here's my best advice. Well, there's a lot of good advice, but we want to take all our worry and anxiety and fears and not process that with your teens. You want to take all your worry, anxiety, fear. And what I tell my clients is you write out your specific worry and write them all out and then turn every one of your fears into a prayer. Mm, That's great. And then you pray that prayer for your kid every single day. And you know, then you've done something really positive with your anxiety. You've Mm -hmm. turned it into prayer. And when they're not in your home, you do lose control. So you put all of that into God's hands. So if if your only conversation with your college kid is fussing at them and being critical and processing your fear and you're blowing it. It's going to be really terrible for you. First of all, they're going to distance from you and you can't control things. You can't make things better when you spew that out on your kid. So you take that and put it into God's hands so you can stay connected. Yeah. Boy, very good. So your book's available on all the normal places like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, those places, right? Christian books and those kind of things, right? Yeah, they're sold wherever books are sold. You can get that on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and for busy parents and especially the moms. You yeah. can play, listen to it on Audible. Oh, good. Yeah. Good deal. And I have a lot of resources on my website. That's ColleenOGrady.com, two L's, two E's. You can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram and direct message me. And I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Well, we'll put your, your website up on uh 
on our website when we post the uh, recording. Sounds awesome. Colleen, thank you so much. God bless you for doing this and have a wonderful Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye.